Oh my goodness. Gentlemen, welcome back to podcast room 303. I'm your host, Jermaine Colon Mendez. This is my co-host, Nicholas Morahan. And as always, we have with us EPD. Episode 107 is off to a rousing start. Why are you laughing, I don't know, dude. That just bought me. <laughs> the the <laughs> ooh-wee. <laughs> Straight to the point. So how are you doing this evening, Nick? Uh, yeah, I'm good. We got like a week left. NBA season is our NBA playoffs are going full swing. MLB season's going full swing. The hockey playoffs are starting to come up. It's really, I mean, it's the, I think I've professed this a lot, but it's my favorite sports season of the year. Yeah, it's pretty regularly said on this podcast. I mean, there's just so much overlap. This is around the time where I stopped watching television shows and I just watched nothing but sports. Right. Yeah. You know, especially with soccer going on right now, there's supposed to be World Cup coming up. But for, you know, you apparently if you pay them enough, you'll do the World Cup in the wintertime. So Money. With, that, with that being said, let's check in with uh, executive producer Eric, better known as Enrique. How are you doing this evening? Doing good, man. All right. That's fine. That's good enough. <laughs> All right. So we got a pretty good episode for, <laughs> for you today, ladies and gentlemen. Pop culture pick them. Top five one-hit wonders music. Uh, we'll be getting into a little bit of the NFL draft, like Nick said, and the NBA playoff updates. Not a whole lot of heavy stuff today. Um, with that being said, Nick, do you have the Turtle Derby? Oh, I have the, the I have the gambling the gambling uh, event of the season coming up. All right, so let's open the show with that. Then we'll get into pop culture pick and move on as slated. Nick, take it away. So big shout out to Nevada. Send us the link. Boo, the you are. Kentucky Turtle Derby. Right, this is put on by Old Forester. Okay, this is the third annual. Wait, wait, wait. Old Forester, like the whiskey or, or the bourbon? Like the bourbon, yes. The first ever bottled bourbon, Old for old Forester. Wow, that is not a pairing. I thought I'd so see. So if you guys want to stream the third annual 2022 Kentucky Turtle Derby, May 7th at 4 p.m. Eastern, you can stream it on YouTube. Just literally Google Kentucky Turtle Derby. But here on the pod, since we're a gambling pod, it's sponsored by DraftKings as well. Okay? So because we're a gambling podcast, we're going to meet the Turtles. And I'm going to give you guys a couple of stats and the odds for the Turtles. And you're going to give me what turtle you think wins the third annual. Wait, 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 wait. This is complete with stats? Complete with stats, yes. I'm going to give you gate numbers and stats. I'm going to give you two stats. Well, technically three, but I'm going to give you two turtle-esque stats. One is length. One is top speed. 
Yes, folks, I'm not making this up on the spot. This is an actual thing sponsored by two multi-million dollar companies. I had no follow-up. Carry on. Let's go. Gate All one. Right, so starting on the inside, gate number one, the grass is greener. He comes, <laughs> he comes in at 18 centimeters and 0 0.182 miles per hour. <laughs> 0 0.182. He is an 8 to 1. Eric, if, if you could write these down, Eric, that would be fantastic. He's already on it. Gate number two, by you believing. This turtle comes in at 16 centimeters long, and he has a blazing top speed of 0 0.184 miles per hour. A 0 0.002 faster? Yes. Ooh, speed. I over. think that the thousands of seconds matter in this race. <laughs> But that is nothing small. He's a 15 to 2. I, I actually don't know what the favorite is. So his odds are 15 to 2. For those of you noobs at home, that's 7.1, 7 7.5 to, to 1. <laughs> In gate number three, Snappy and you know it. Snappy and you know it is 15 centimeters long. He has a top speed of 0 0.173 miles per hour. Oh, he is slow. He's First of all, is, what kind of turtle is this? Is this a snapping turtle? Uh, I don't know. They give a picture of him, but I'm not going to trust the picture. Okay, because he better be a snapping turtle if you're naming him that. Right. He's 35 to 1. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes all right, sense. gate four babbling brook from the picture he looks like a red-eared slider turtle for your for you turtle enthusiasts that listen to the <laughs> podcast it's a real it's a real niche group <laughs> babbling brook is 16 centimeters long he has 0 0.177 mile per hour top speed and, well i think with brook because it's spelled with an e i apologize i think it may be a she turtle she comes in at 20 to 1. Oh, I said 19 to 1. I almost had it. <laughs> in gate five, you have American Hard Shell. Ooh. American Hard Shell, another red-eared slider, it looks like. Uh, his fun fact is he can hold his breath underwater. He's 19 centimeters long, so a little bit of a big boy. His top speed is 0 0.181 miles per hour. I'm liking him. 10 to 1. We'll move on to the number 6 position. Looks like perhaps a yellow-eared slider. Hiding in plain sight. Hiding in plain sight is 17 centimeters long. He has a top split. I mean, this guy... He's blazing. 0 0.188. Oh. By far, I believe so. By so far, Eric, the fastest turtle in the field, correct? Yeah, yeah. by point four, point zero zero four. Jeez. He's the Usain Bolt of, I wonder, he's five to one, though, so maybe stamina could be an issue with hiding in plain sight. <laughs> All right, we'll go to the second to last gate. The seventh gate is out of the bog. 
He looks like a bog turtle, so that may lend credence, uh, Jermaine, to your uh, snapping turtle. Here we go. All right. They know what they're doing. This is a professional race. How do, I mean, it's sponsored by two professional companies who make millions of dollars a year, so yeah, I don't think there's any good, I don't think there's going to be any funny business. Yeah, Out I mean, of the bog is a 15-centimeter turtle who boo. runs whatever length of a race this is. I don't actually know how long the race is. Boo. He runs 0.168 miles per hour. He is 50 to 1. Let me see if I can look. Let me see if I can look this up. I would imagine it's 0.1 of a mile, right? Right. That's That's what the speed is in. Uh, oh, there. Yeah, I, are they gonna actually have it up? Okay. Um, it's the slowest two minutes in sports. That's right. <laughs> how long? How long a race is it? That's amazing. I don't know, but the tagline: the slowest two minutes in sports. It's great. Uh, it, it gets better every time we look into this. <laughs> a lot of dead space. So. Yeah, a lot of dead space. I, Eric, I don't. Eric, I don't. Eric's, Eric's looking it up. I don't know. All right. So, and then on the outside, in the eighth, coming out of the eighth gate, we have Sloan. Sloan, 15 centimeter turtle, 0.174 miles per hour. He is 25 to one. So, if I am, if I am remiss, Eric, tell me so, but I believe that makes the six gate hiding in plain sight. Our uh, odds-on favorite at five to one. Yes. So the top three favorites: hiding in plain sight, five to one; grass is greener, eight to one; and American hard shell, ten to one. Okay. No. So who do you? No, hold on. Hold on. Oh yeah, well, fifteen to two. Fifteen in... to two would be better than ten to one. Yeah. So who do you guys like? Do you want me to give you a little context to the Please. race? Okay, so the track is a 12 by 12 circle with the quickest route to victory being six feet. (laughs) Eight of the world's most elite reptiles were raced to finish for glory, a glory that could never be taken away. Uh, And that's all it tells us. Well, I'd say, what was it again? Eight by 12 by 12, and then how how long was it? Uh, Six feet is the quickest route to victory. So you, can, you can cut through stuff. It's a circle, so I'm assuming if you take the inside. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. okay. I was just like, they, the way they said it, I was just like, wait, this is an obstacle course now. Saturday. Although right now, hiding in plain sight, I think you could take the outside the whole way and win it. Yeah, probably. He's got blazing speed, and at five to one, I, I mean, you can't you can't beat a better favorite. Hey, so. You you got that information off DraftKings, right? Correct. All right. So on the official Old Forester website, they have a couple different turtles. Part of my mulch, eight to one. Now you see me. Now you don't. Twenty to one. Reginald Boxworth, ninety nine <laughs> to one. Lady Greenery, four to one. Lost in the fog, five to one. Mo Lasses. 30 to 1. Sergeant Slopez, 15 to 1. And Steve, 50 to 1. Why do they not give us those turtle facts, though? Um, 
Let me see here. Is that a different heat? What is this for? It's it's for the oh. the 2021 Damn. Kentucky Turtles. Oh, Turtle. Eric just stepped all over my facts with just awful information. I'm not gonna lie, a lot of those turtle names from 2021 were better. Way better. The pandemic has really taken an impact on turtle owner turtle racing. Oh. You don't have to raise your hand, Eric. You can just talk. No, I found I found the twenty two two. Wow. The what? Um, the two two two. The twenty twenty two list. So Bible believing pretty right. much your list. Right. Because <laughs> I am also on the official website, Eric. This is just not going well for you. Let's get back into the picks. All right. right so Nick has gone through the, the list of turtles. We have their length in centimeters, their speed to the thousands of miles per hour. Uh, and we have their odds. Eric, would you like to do the honors of going first and tell us why you're going with these people? Uh, yeah. Uh, so based, based off his length, because I think that's going to be a feature, I'm going to go with American Hard Show. Dang, that's a good pick. Plus, that's America. Is, is Eric caught off guard to speak on a podcast that started 13 minutes ago? Eric's like, my, my turn? It's me? He's, I, like, I, I, he's like, he says it's like, he's like, that's going to be a feature. You say, when you say Eric, do you want me to talk or are you going to keep talking? What time was this race at on May 7th again? Uh, it's at 4 p.m. Eastern. 4 p.m. Eastern. Well, hold on. I got to make sure I'm on the 2022 <laughs> one on the official website. Hold on. Yes. May 7th at 4 p.m. And the 7th is what? Uh, Sunday? Or is that uh, Friday? Friday. Let's let's check the old calendar. It is a Saturday. Saturday. Okay. I might actually watch that. So, <laughs> Eric went with American Hard Show. And now, who do you got, Nick? Or are you taking the same? So I liked American Hard Shell because, like Eric said, the length is good on him. But I think I have to go with speed. Like I, there's there there's no way that that the blazing hiding in plain sight coming out of the six gate doesn't win it. Okay, so you're going hiding in plain sight with the one eight eight. Right, the favorite. Only, only two centimeters slower than American Hard Shell. Okay, now it's on to me. Do I pick one of your two or do I go my own? I do. I really want to pick Bayou Believing. Bayou Believing. All right. No, there no, no, no. That's what I really want to pick. But I'm gonna oh. go. With, I'm gonna go with Grass is Greener. Uh, see, I was about. If you weren't gonna pick that, I was gonna mention as my dark horse on the inside. He's got length and he's got enough speed to take the inside. I just like the combination of speed and length, and you know, I just think uh, I just think it's going to be good to go. Yeah, the one thing that's going to get the favorite is is he's small, he's fast, but he's small. Yeah, that's. Who I mean, if we get if we get into Rubens racing here, anything can happen. So he, can can we place? Uh, man, what is the what are the what's the term in uh, the trifecta? Yeah, when you you can pick or no, an, an an exacta, I think, is the three positions. 
I want the one that these three turtles place, the ones that we got. Okay. Do you have odds for that? No, I'm sure DraftKings does so. Why don't you have a DraftKings account? Uh, Because I'm not a degenerate gambler. Lying ass motherfucker. (laughs) All right. Well, there you guys have it. We brought to you this week's wild, wacky, and odd bet. The what is what did you call this? The Kentucky Turtle Race. <laughs> it's, it's the twenty. It's the third annual Kentucky Turtle Derby, brought to you by DraftKings and Old Forester. When is the Kentucky Derby? Uh, it should be sometime in. It should be sometime in May, correct? Yeah, it should be close. Yeah, May seventh. Man, they're competing with airtime with the Kentucky. Is this like the Puppy Bowl? Wait a minute. So we're going to talk about the Kentucky Turtle Derby, but not the Kentucky Derby? Well, I mean, yeah, we have we have like another week until we need to talk about yeah, the Derby. Next week's episode is, is right. really long. Right. <laughs> so, well, we can throw right. some horse picks in there. All right. Well, it sounds like we don't, we want it longer. <laughs> so, that's, what the peop- that's what the tens and tens of people want. Yeah. <laughs> They're causing accidents in those uh, mayhem commercials. That's right. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and move into pop culture pick them. Today's order is, what is it? Eric, Nick, Tremaine? What did I say? Nick, Eric, Tremaine? It is Nick, I think Eric, it's, Tremaine. Yeah, Nick, Eric, Tremaine. Okay. Uh, so I get to start pop culture? Yeah, like we said at the beginning, the topic is one hit wonders music. All right, Nick, one, take it away. One hit wonders music. I'm going to take... What I think is some of is one of the greatest one hit wonders of all time. The greatest because I'm a drafted one over one of one. Uh, Aha's take on me. Take. <laughs> exactly. You can't not clang and bang at the bar to this song. Uh, is Journey a one hit wonder? No. Yes, yeah, I think so, yeah. That'll be my first pick. Oh, wait, it's Eric's <laughs> turn. <laughs> Look at him. He Like, you don't have a list already. He can't, he can't even decide, bro. All right, so with my first pick, I'm going to go with Los Del Rio. The Macarena. The Macarena, okay. That's a good one. Is that only a one-hit wonder to us because we are American? Maybe. It's just an interesting question. I wonder how big they are in Hispanic countries. Well, okay. I really hope nobody picks this. And if you are going to, I'm sorry. It wasn't on my list. But Gangnam Style is like a one-hit wonder in the U.S. But They're huge over there. But he's but but Psy is huge in Korea. Yeah, that's, so that's what I Is Eric's pick more cultural, regional, or is it truly a one well, you with the research. So with that, I'll go ahead and get into my my pick is going to be uh, "Let Me Throat." Oh, that's a good one. I DJ Cool. Then my next pick is going to be Barbie Girl Aqua. That's a fantastic pick. Those are fantastic picks. Oh, Barbie Girl was the bro. Fuck, 
Me and a bar in a bar. Plastic. It's fantastic. Oh, Bobby, let's party. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. Eric, who's yours? I'm going to go with I'm Too Sexy. Right, said Fred. Great, great one. Add on my list. That's a that's a great one. Um, so wait, who did you say it was by? Right, said Fred. Okay. I heard something else, but yeah, that's great. Especially in the, if you've seen the music video where he's got like the fishnet tank top on. Right, <laughs> said Fred make, I guess Freddie Mercury probably made the fishnet tank top somewhat popular. Uh, it's still a staple in my wardrobe. <laughs> I know it is. That's my ass. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and get um, Nick's uh, two hundred three and and one and three hundred one. All right, so I'll 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 go with I'll keep the eighties theme for the first one since I have back to back picks for me. Dexy's Midnight Runners and Come On Eileen, another song that you can't help but singing, but sing, but singing, can't help right. singing. Just Whatever. listen. Just listened to that the other day, actually. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm going to go – I'll save that one to the end. Um, I'm going to go with Gnarls Barkley and Crazy. Bro, I saw that, and I was like, what a good song. It's a great song, but I don't think he's done anything else. Because he was a producer, right? No, he was part of Goody Mob. He has hella hits. Nah. As Goody Mob, though. So that goes back to the pre-show, because that would have been my number one pick. What would have been your number one pick? Well, I'm going to throw it next. That's going to be my next pick. Well, no. Is it is it a one-hit wonder or not? Yeah. Well, we got to leave that. I mean, I guess we got to leave it up to the fans now, because I don't think it's a one-hit wonder. He doesn't should... think what's a one-hit wonder. What, what Eric's about to say. So with my next pick, if the, you know, the show will allow it, is going to be Rick. What's his name? Rick Atley. You Never don't even know what his name is. <laughs> yeah. I just it. call it Rick. No, Rose. no, 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 no you don't it. get it. That's it. You don't nah, get it. Fuck you guys. If you would have you you gotten his name, I would have given it to you. I did get his name. It's Rick Atley. No, it's not. What it's is not. it? It's Rick Astley. Same goddamn thing. No, it's not. I just said language. You're yeah, not going to be able to pick that now. So you're going to. This is like uh, Wheel of Fortune. You didn't guess the puzzle clue correctly, <laughs> so you got to go with a different one. You don't get the car. You guys suck. We know. <laughs> yeah, it's a, we're aware. <laughs> what are Fine. you, my dad? I'm going to go with uh, Groove is in the Heart by D-Light. Okay. Also, I just – Rick Roll isn't going to make this list. It's so popular. You're I just, just don't – I don't think I, – I, well, I, yeah, I haven't heard that. Have I heard that song? Well, the one that Eric just said? Yeah. Mm, I feel like you should have. I should have, yeah. Doesn't mean you have. So, all right, that's back to me. And I'm going to go Thong Song, Cisco. Oh, that's a great one. And I'm going to go uh, Party Like a Rockstar, The Shot Boys. Oh, those are good. Those are really good. A party like a rock. 
I actually did not know the name who who sung that until like five minutes ago. <laughs> All right, we're back to Eric. We're at the four oh two. Hopefully, he picks a one hit wonder this time. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, "I Touch Myself" <laughs> by the Divino. That's on brand. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm always mopping. That one's uh, good. Bad aim. We actually just heard that one the other day, and I was like, I had no clue who sang this song. The Divinals. Uh, uh, this song, my with my fourth pick, this song was was. It's probably like, if you look back in thirty years, it's probably not going to be a good song. But Asher Roth, I Love College, has to be one of the best one-hit wonders of our lifetime. At least, like, our, like, college lifetime. Yeah. Um, I, I can't name another song that can't say. I, I, don't, I don't think he's made another song. Eric's looking around like, that's not a one-hit wonder. Is, there, is, that, is that a one-hit wonder? To the masses, yes. <laughs> what? A little bit of a hip-hop what? head. What? What do you? What was that explanation? I guess kind of what I was. I was like, so like, what, what like, are we defining as one? There's hit people wonder? like there's people that listen to music and they listen to what comes on the radio, and then there's people that like go search mixtapes, and so right. I know a lot We're of his not music. Talking about Asher Ross deep cuts. <laughs> I'm just saying, I know you remember his Amelie freestyle. That shit was everywhere. Uh, but I don't because I listen as a one hit wonder. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, like, if if you played another Asher Roth song <laughs> right now, I'd have no clue. I'd be like, is this, this Macklemore? Was it Meek Mill's track? It was Asher Roth's track. What I mean, it, it doesn't called? matter. What was it called? I don't remember. But we'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're we're, we're struggling. Arguing and then having no substance to back it up. He said a freestyle. And oh. then he said one track with Meek Mill and couldn't remember the track. So kind of made kind of made the point for what us. I'm saying is Azharoff, I love college, one hit wonder. I get All what right. Eric's saying. All right, after another one. unnecessary Eric distraction. So yes, so last podcast he got us banned. Now, <laughs> now he's just literally sucking up air time. We hold on, we were banned. Elon Musk took over. So we're thank there. God. But he doesn't even have a master's degree. How dare, um, how dare he find him and cut him? My final pick of the one hit wonder draft, uh, Rebecca Black Friday. That's a good pick, it's way better than the Asher Roth pick. <laughs> I will say that. Oh, Eric's Eric's in a tough spot. You have you have risk Rick Ass, Astley as your honorable mention. Yeah, well, this last song, I can't even believe if I didn't put it first, but it's probably one of my favorite songs of all time. It's Just a Friend by Biz Markey. Biz Markey, Evocati. What else did, what was the other song he had? I don't know. I, I mean, Biz Markey is always that name that I heard, but like he never came out with anything. I So Just a Friend is, is definitely, he's a one-hit wonder. Definitely, good. but there was yeah, like another song that I heard recently that popped into my head. Now I'm not sure. <laughs> so I have a gang on my list of just fantastic choices. And since I'm last, I'll go ahead and go into honorable mentions. But I'm gonna go with 
hold on. Is this is this a one hit wonder? I'm gonna. I'm just gonna ask. Is this this is why I'm hot by Mims a one hit wonder? Yeah, I think the dude like made the album, then died like a week later. <laughs> never heard anything from him. Oh, he's dead. I don't think he's dead, but he like never put no, anything but he's else. Dead. You know, yeah. He's Eric said he made the album and died. And then in the next sentence goes, I don't think he's dead, though. <laughs> this is classic Eric. So I'm going to go with this is why I'm hot then. Just yeah. just, just to get in another one from uh, my time growing up. That song was everywhere. But a yeah. uh, few honorable mentions. I have uh, one of my all-time favorite songs, 99 Red Balloons. Just makes me happy. Oh, can you uh, name the German version of that song? Uh, no, who cares? We won the war. <laughs> Just kidding. Who, who, who did that one? Oh, no, she did. She's German, so she did both of them. Oh, it's the same girl. What, the, German is, the German one is just 99 Luftballons. Oh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Sorry, German is, not a, German is not a romance language for a reason. I, dude, I was offended. I was just like, why are you cussing at me and cling on? <laughs> <laughs> so I had a uh, turning Japanese by the vapors. Oh man. <laughs> I had uh and then these were these were just some memory lane tracks because I remember playing the shit out of both of these. Bad Day by Daniel Powder. If you had a bad day, oh you know yeah. Yeah. That was a good song, dude. Classic. Yeah, and then You're Beautiful by James Blunt. Oh, yeah. That's a one-hit wonder. But well, his other tracks were on the same album, so I just considered him a one-hit wonder. Um, Goodbye, My Lover is the other one, but that's the same album. I'm going to be honest, I've not heard it. I, I don't think the masses can name another James Blunt song. Oh, okay. Well, then, good. Uh, good, that proves my point. And then the last one, I used to love this song, uh, Butterfly by Crazy Town. I still love that song, actually. So I don't know why I prefaced it like I hate it. <laughs> Eric, you got any honorable mentions? Yeah, the Whoop There It Is by Tag Team. Oh, that's a good one. Who Let the Dogs Out by Baja Men. Oh, I, I play that one every time there's a Touch Tunes jukebox at a, <laughs> at a bar. I play Who Let the Dogs Out 12 times as I'm leaving. So that way everyone's just stuck in that circle. <laughs> Do you know it's not about letting dogs out? Yeah, it's about all the ugly bitches out at the bar. <laughs> I tell everyone all the time. It's one of my fun facts. All right, what else? That's you got? why I said it. Baby got back. Baby got back. Better mix a lot. Oh, I don't know why. I thought Vanilla Ice for a second. I was like, what song is the that? The Vanilla Ice song. Vanilla Ice, yeah. I don't. Baby got back triggered Vanilla Ice, so I was like, I and don't then, remember hearing that one. Do you guys remember that song? Like for the life of me, can't remember who sang it, but it's just like, what if God was one of us? Oh, I sing it all the time by the remix version. I have no clue who sings that either. That had to be a one-hit wonder. <laughs> In my head, it is. I, I only wrote down one. Uh-oh. D4L. Laffy Taffy. <laughs> uh, Joan Osborne. Tainted Love by Soft Cell. Ooh, Tainted Love. Uh, one of Us by Joan Osborne. Come on, feel the noise. Come on, feel the noise. Yeah. Is uh, Over the Rainbow by Is technically a one-hit wonder? Uh, Outside of Hawaii, probably. Uh, Stairway to Heaven. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, oh, Stairway to Heaven by 
You're talking about the the Led Zeppelin song? I was like, dog, no way. <laughs> Y'all were both shook. All right, so Eric, read like, off read off the list and we'll leave it there after the podcast. Jermaine, Jermaine smells burnt toast. I was like, dog, you are you good? So oh, uh, Nick had the first pick. He took aha take on me. Dexter's mm-hmm. midnight rut. Come on, Eileen. No, it's Barkley Crazy, Asher Roth, I Love College, and Rebecca Black, Friday. I had Los Del Rios, The Macarena, I'm Too Sexy by Right Said Fred, D-Light, Groove is in the Heart, The Divinals, I Touch Myself, and Bismarcky, Just a Friend. Jermaine had Let Me Clear My Throat by DJ Cool, Barbie Girl by Aqua, Thong Song by Cisco, Party Like a Rockstar by The Shop Boys, and This Is Why I'm Hot. By Mims. Yo, mine's a little banger list. You could play that at a party and have a lit ass <laughs> crowd. <laughs> if let if let me clear my throat comes on at a party, how Dude, hype is everyone? Getting? I just thought of like five other songs that I wish I could have put instead of these five. You just <gasps> thought of five a whole new rotation? Yeah, dude. No right, diggity. Na- right, no diggity. Hot stepper. Any comes here comes the hot stepper. Yeah. Oh, okay. Why'd you look at me like that? It's because you said hot stepper so correctly. Right? Oh, really? <laughs> I was just like, it felt too proper for that song. Whatever, dude. I was looking for a hot stepper. <laughs> oh, and uh, last honorable mention is uh, um, Best I Ever Had by Drake. <laughs> just kidding. Just double down on the stroke. All of the lights by Kanye West. <laughs> Who? I've only heard of Kanye East. Yeast? Infection? <laughs> yeah. Weast? Wow. Like like his dirty pussy. Weast? What kind of what kind of compass you read, boy? <laughs> All right. So that wraps up pop culture pick'em as well as the uh Kentucky Turtle Derby. Let's go ahead and get into the NFL draft pre-bets and predictions, and then we'll touch NBA playoffs. <clears throat> Excuse so before me. This, so before this starts, or actually uh, to, to kick this off, we know uh, I've, I've kind of soured on Warren Sharp in recent days because whereas he used to, like a year ago, like put out cool stats and do this, now he just seems to be ripping coaches and GMs and doesn't even focus on good stuff anymore. So – that being said, I'm going to read a tweet by Warren Sharp. <laughs> After you bashed. Now that, now that I've gotten that out in the open, time to reference the one guy I just bashed on. The so one he, guy he still loves. So he tracks he, – I'm souring on him. <laughs> I like him. Uh, 2022 NFL draft capital. Can you guys name me the top? So draft capital is obviously early picks. For those of you who don't know, early picks and more picks. Can you guys name the top five teams in terms of draft capital in 2022? Kansas City Chiefs. No, Kansas City is – no, Kansas City is not top Giants. five. Giants are three. Jets. Jets are number one. Eagles. They have 87% above average draft value. Oh, wait a minute. Wait, this is, this is a percentage-based number? It's just not just not picks? Well, this is like this. The he gives a point number to each pick. Oh, that's dumb because the Chiefs have like twelve picks in this year's draft. Houston, Houston is two. 
So Jets, Houston, and then Giants. Did you say Eagles? Yeah, but they traded uh, theirs to the Saints. So I, the, I don't yeah, think. the Eagles are six. Um, Seattle? Seattle, no. So I'll give you the last. So it goes Jets, Texans, Giants, Jaguars, Lions. That's the top five. Well, those last two are going to fuck it up. And that's based on pick totals, or please explain that. Correct. You, I mean, you are right. It's based on number of picks and value of those picks. So you are correct. The Chiefs have far have, – well, they're tied with the Jags for the most picks in the draft, but they don't have very valuable picks. They're valuable. They don't have, they the don't have as valuable picks. Excuse me rather be drafted by the Chiefs than the Jaguars. Sounds like value to me. <laughs> Just kidding. I agree. I agree, <laughs> but that's player value, not team value. Can you name the bottom five teams? Patriots? Uh, uh, no. Patriots? Yeah. No. They always get they, – so Patriots always a bad bet to get because they always get uh, compensatory picks for letting players walk in free agency. And they and that's how they always stock their cupboards. That's how Bill Belichick's ahead of the game. It's one of the reasons why I love him as a GM. Uh, Who traded away all their picks? Was it Denver? Uh, so Denver traded away, but that was a lot of next year as well. Miami. Uh, Miami traded away. I imagine Miami's bottom five. Miami is number one. They have four picks in the draft, starting with one forty-two, I believe. Yeah. So they they got the Rams have to be. The Rams are third. Well, actually, technically, the Rams are second. They're tied with Oakland. They have a lot of picks, but they're later. Oh, and then he gave us Oakland. Or, sorry, Las Vegas. (laughs) Yeah, dead named him. (laughs) Las Vegas. Uh, Eric said Dallas. Is Dallas one of them? Dallas is not. Dallas is actually league average. That's about right. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Always Uh, welcome. I want to say – I wanted to say New Orleans, but uh, New Orleans is not. They're actually the final positive team. Yeah, because of the trade they made with the Eagles. So let's see. So we have three. Dallas is not. It's got to be someone we're not thinking. Buffalo? Atlanta? Uh, no, not Buffalo, not Atlanta. So I'll give it to you. Miami's number one. I already gave you Miami, Las Vegas, L.A. The Indianapolis Colts are number four. Well, they keep trading for quarterbacks. That makes sense. <laughs> the San Francisco 49ers, very closely followed by the Cleveland Browns, make up five and six. Okay. Interesting. And again, so he gives an arbitrary number that he made up on top of just the total picks that they have, right? Correct. Well, the, the number of picks matters, but value matters over number of picks. Hence why the Chiefs are – seventh and not higher so okay. just how does he determine the value because you can so so there there's already a value chart for trading draft picks it was established in uh correct me if i'm wrong i believe it was around the late 80s early 90s and it's and it's one of the ways that they they figure those trades it's one of the ways so if you trade a top 10 first has more value than a back end first. And that's why you always see them add another first or a second because those picks collectively add up to the score. And I can't for the life of me thinking, think of the, do you remember the, what that formula is called, Nick? I don't know. 
but however, I'm gonna hit you. Keep talking. <laughs> yeah, and so that's how they that's how they factor in those trades. So that's how you always see like so like a number one overall pick in the draft. So the draft pick trade value chart. Yeah. So was, yeah. So essentially, by Jimmy Johnson. Who? Right. Jimmy yeah. Johnson. Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, that's why I said late late eighties. I thought it had a name though, but so. So that chart was established, and actually, so what made this chart stick is the Dallas Cowboys fleecing of the Minnesota Vikings when they traded away Herschel Walker. So they traded away Herschel Walker to the Minnesota Vikings, and they received, I think it was like eight to ten players, some something like that. But each player was assigned a draft compensation value. Where if they didn't make the team, the Minnesota Vikings had to convey that pick. What Jimmy Johnson didn't tell the Minnesota Vikings when he pulled that trade off is that he intended to cut every single one of the players they sent him. <clears throat> so Jimmy so, Johnson, go I, I was just gonna give history behind it. Well, yeah, go ahead. So in 1991, not Jimmy Johnson, but a member of Jimmy Johnson's staff. Actually, a petroleum engineer named Mike McCoy. That name sound familiar to everybody? I think he was a Redskins, the Redskins GM back when they yeah, were Redskins. He, yeah, he did. He was around for a bit. He assigned the first round, first pick, so one zero one, an arbitrary random value of three thousand dollars or three three thousand. He then did a regression. A, a, a linear regression for every single pick after that down to the final pick of the draft. And that's the value of it. Yeah. You said the linear regression. How do they factor that again? Oh, he just, he uses, he used a regression formula. Oh, okay. Oh, he said the last one is worth nothing. First right? one is worth the most. Or the last one is worth one. Yeah. The first one is worth 3000 and he took those two points and built a regression off that and said, here's how the picks work. Yep. Yeah, and that's how the Cowboys built their 90s dynasty by having one of the most uh, memorable star trades in NFL history, and it was incredibly lopsided because if you if you look into it, it's, it's an amazing piece of GMing on, on the behalf of the Dallas Cowboys. But if you look into it, like, the players they received, the players they cut, and then the players they drafted in place of those players, and it's just like hit, 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 hit. It's like the cow, and that's how the Cowboys went on to to uh, just smash in that draft. But with that being said, let's go ahead and get into the actual meat and potatoes of what we're going to talk about. Um, Nick already started. I don't think he has anything further. Without that, we'll turn it over to you, Eric. What do you got? All right, so I just have a couple different questions for the upcoming draft for you guys. Um, first question, and I'm going to give you guys the Bovada odds as well. Uh, number one overall draft pick. Our, the favorite is Trayvon Walker at minus 190. Aiden Hutchinson, plus 175. Ikem Ekwonu, plus 500. And then Evan Neal plus sixteen hundred and Kayvon Thibodeau plus twenty five hundred. Yeah, it's amazing. The uh, sorry, the the Lions have the first pick. Correct. No, the Jaguars have the first pick, right? 
Which, yeah, yeah, sorry. The Jaguars have the first pick. And I don't know what's up, but they soured on Kayvon Thibodeau early. And that happened, like, late February. And that was when I – personally, I was just like, I think it's going to be the D-lineman instead of the end from Georgia. And now, just today, you yep. know, be- before the recording of this, is when uh, Walker jumped from – a my a plus two hundred favorite to minus uh, one ninety minus one ninety. So, I mean, my suspicions were correct that they were going with that D lineman. Also, I think the Jaguars, you know, they have the other Josh Allen, right? The Kentucky outside blitzer. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense more from a personnel perspective. So I kind of leaned that as well, and it's one of those situations where. Um, there's no the the clear cut elite talent is not present, and the actual strength of this draft is your day two picks. So two through you know two two second and third that's day two, and then the first round of day three, where a lot of the players grade out the same from the scouting perspective, and they all have high twitch traits, and it's just all about how you rank them. So there's players that will go third fourth that will probably hit better than some of those second rounders with the same grades. So not what as about motor. Yeah. Heart? Yeah. Yeah. What are, what are the buzzwords descri- describing this? So personally, I think the Jaguar should take Neil. I you think you take Neil, the plus 1600 offensive tackle. Yes. I don't even think he's the best offensive tackle. I don't even think he's the third best offensive tackle. No, I think he's the third best offensive tackle in the draft. I think he he had if he projects the way, if he hits the way it projects he has the highest upside, and he played multiple positions on the offensive line, so you don't have to slate slate him in at left tackle immediately. You can build him into your left tackle. That's what I think for long term prospect. When you're done talking about this draft, he'll have the the best career. Interesting. I disagree. I think I I think Iguanu is is a left tackle from day one, and he's the most. It's the most important. He's going to change a franchise. No, not like Thibodeau. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how do you say his first name? Uh, Ikim. Ikim, and who did he play for? NC State, baby. Go back. Yeah, that's you see me. You see you see me. <laughs> So now, I do, now, I do think – now, here's the thing, right? I will say I think he is the best left tackle in the draft or the best offensive lineman in the draft. That is a little bit of bias because I've seen him play more than I've seen anybody else play, but I still think Charles Cross is a better offensive lineman than Evan Neal. I don't agree with that. Well, I know you don't agree based on what you literally just said. I think you're wrong. I, I'm aware. Yeah, it's not. These are not. These are not. Uh, All right, I, so, think, I think Trevor Penning from from Northern Iowa is the best. Uh, don't you dare. <laughs> so, um, all right. So Eric, he. I guess we're gonna go with the favorite on this one, Nick. Yeah, I don't know why. I like for. It's kind of funny that like in since the NFL season has ended and, and since we've moved into draft coverage. There's kind of been no talk, no talk, no talk about the first pick. 
And then the second that Aiden Hutchinson started like getting talked about like this week, pretty much like, or like within the last two weeks, you kept hearing all these weird reports that like people were not like, like that he's not like he, Oh, he's the number one pick. Maybe. Right. So like, I, like, I don't know why he got soured on because it was like clear cut. Number one, number one, number one, number one, number one. And then like the last week they've been like, Oh, they're souring on it. Yeah. So Aiden Hutchinson, I, you know, the lions are starting to get reports that they don't even really like Aiden. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's really weird. So, and this, this draft in general has been weird, really weird. So So what did this kid do? (laughs) So Thibodeau, Opened the favorite to start the season, was the favorite until about six or seven weeks. Uh, maybe that's too long. Then Aiden Hutchinson took over the darling, especially with Jim Harbaugh taking that run. And I don't know. It's bizarre. I, th- I think when there's no clear-cut number one, I'm always a fan of taking offensive line. Yeah, I agree. And honestly, all three of them are going to – like, they're all going to be great. Right. <laughs> like, also, there's no quarterback that should be drafted before the third round, and we're going to get three first-round quarterbacks again. Okay, so uh, we're gonna uh, we're taking the favorite on this number one overall. I thought he would be drafted number one in February. Now the odds aren't in our favor, but we're still riding with him. He's probably going to go first. With that being said, let's get into Eric's next next question. All right, so the first offensive player taken, and what and what position? And what number is he taking at? I need a draft order. I already, I already said it. The left what? tackle from NC State. It's one of the offensive lines. Right. He's drafted. So, I, I think he's drafted second by the Lions. Just to give context. Even though they went first round alignment last year. Oh, did they get a left tackle last year? They drafted an alignment. If it wasn't last year, it was the year before. Didn't they draft? And he's really fucking good. A D lineman last year, or was that? their coach's first year. When was his first year with the Lions? <laughs> when Last year. Who's Dan Campbell. Oh, I was like, are you going to ask The guy who makes the picks. Oh, no. Dan Campbell's the coach. The guy who makes the picks is uh, Bontanats? Or is he with Atlanta? Is, or is it Chris Spielman? They fired Chris Spielman, right? Yeah. Go so ahead. To give you guys a little bit of context here, you guys are talking about offensive linemen. Evan Neal's ranked number one for OL. And then Charles Cross from Mississippi State is two. Tyler Linderbaum from Iowa is the third. And Ekwonu is the fourth ranked. But he's also the only sophomore. Oh. Oh, okay. So they dropped him because of age. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Not give me, give me Ekwonu I, with the money. I so he, first of all he shouldn't behind behind be behind the other two. Uh, Cross is only ranked that high because he played in the SEC. Um, it should be between Neil and Aquanu, and Nick is wrong again. So <laughs> yeah, what are, you, what are you getting Neil at again, Eric? Neil is at plus sixteen hundred. Jeez, no, what that's is- that's for number one overall. That's for number one overall, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. What was First, you asked who the first offensive player taken is, right? Oh, yeah. So, for first offensive player, I'll give you the odds. Let me pull it up here. Because, yeah, none of of the O-linemen are going number one. Trayvon Walker goes number one. 
So they should go number one. Uh, <laughs> Ikwanwu is first or has best odds at minus 140. Uh, Evan Neal plus 175. Malik Willis plus 600. Charles no. Cross plus 700. Kenny Pickett plus 900. And Garrett Wilson plus 1500. Anybody else you guys want to ask? Just let me know. I, I don't know. I don't know, man. Garrett, Garrett Wilson is is that highly ranked? And for first offensive players, so like yeah, yes. I know that's yes. just dude. He's you know I I know we don't agree that Charles Cross is going to be the first O lineman off the board, Jermaine. But that's some fucking value. Well, sorry, say the odds for Cross again, Eric. The say the odds for Cross again. <laughs> For first uh, offensive player? Yes. Uh, plus 700. Fourth best odds. Are, are we are we getting in the way of something? No, no, no. I was, yeah, you, I was trying to see – I was trying to see if uh, Garrett from Ohio State, where he was ranked at his position, he is ranked number one. He's ranked number one? The number one wide receiver? Wide yeah. receiver, yes. Oh, my God. that's just... He's going to go to the – he's going to go to the Falcons, I think. That's bad scouting. He's not the number one uh anyways that's just my opinion um sorry and cross was what was his odds again plus 700 plus 700 700. and then the other two were minus well evan neal was plus 175 so you want that evan neal bet i do want evan neal plus 175 i I guess i'm just not hearing the odds they're like my brain is just not registering (laughs) so evan neal plus 175 a kwan is the odds on favorite for offensive player makes sense because he's the youngest. So they're going to have, he's going to have more time in the league. I would probably move him up just based on that. That's, I didn't look at the age. Um, all right. So what's the next question you have, Eric? All right, and usually this would be a fun, like a better question to ask, but first QB taken. Uh, we have Malik Willis minus 130, Kenny Pickett plus 130, Desmond Ritter. Plus eight hundred, Matt Corral plus twelve hundred, and then there's a who's who of fucking nobody after that. I, I'm not asking this to be a dick, but isn't it Matt Carroll? It's C O R R A L. Right, so I know how it's spelled, but I think it's Matt Carroll. I think it's how he played at Ole Miss. He's gonna be shitty in the pros anyway. He he might actually be one of the better ones. That all these are not gonna be that. Well, good. he got he's getting uh, dropped because of his injury. Yeah. So I, I, the Saints interviewed him, and I kind of if the Saints can get him late, I'm for it. Let's fucking try it. So first, can be, be taken. Who do you guys it's got? Be Malik Willis. I don't. I don't want any part of the bet. I think it's going to be Malik Willis. Where do you think he goes? I he probably goes to the Steelers or some team back in the draft that needs a quarterback. So first, can be taken before or after fifteen? After. Uh, so I think. Only one QB gets taken in the first round. Okay. That So if that's a future bet, that is what I'm saying. The quarterback gets taken at pick 20, uh-huh. and it's Kenny Pickett to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm, I like that. All right. And since it is kind of a stra- uh, sorry, a stacked year, first wide receiver taken, where do you guys think he goes? Which team? <laughs> uh, first, first wide receiver taking gets taken pick eight. So by the Falcons, yes, hundred percent, no fight. So if you no listen, fight for me. if you listen to past <laughs> episodes, uh, I literally sat here and quizzed my fellow uh, co-host and executive producer on who is Atlanta's 
depth chart. Atlanta would not surprise me if their first three picks were wide receivers. That I think they have to pick a wide receiver to meet minimum roster requirements. <laughs> yeah, Madden won't let you not have three wide receivers. You have to, before you can pick any other positions, you have to fill your wide receivers through the draft. <laughs> so for the wide receivers, as far as odds go, the favorite is Drake London at plus 300. As he should be. Garrett Wilson minus – what? Fucking butter. Uh, Garrett Wilson's favorite at minus 145. <laughs> Drake London plus three hundred. Um, Jameson Williams plus one seventy five. Why would they put this out of order? I'm writing a salacious ass email to Bovada. Uh, it's Bovada, dude. They always do this. Anyway, the next three: Traylon Burks, Chris Olave, and Jahan Dotson. Oh, dude. Oh, I love me some Jahan Dotson in this draft. Just saying, him and Christian Watson, fantastic. I love both of those guys. Uh, I don't think Garrett Wilson is the best wide receiver on his college team. That's that's because he's well on his college team. Yeah. Who, who do you think's better? Chris Olave. Olave. Yeah. Whatever. No, no. Yeah, I just you. I just didn't hear it. So, Olave. Yeah. I'll give you the ranks. Um, according to CBS, Garrett Wilson's number one. Jameson Williams is number two. Draymond is number three. Braylon Burks from Arkansas is number four. Olave's five, Pickens from Georgia's six, Dotson seven, Christian Watson's eight, Sky Moore, and Khalil Shakir are the next two. So that's an interesting ranking. Um, I actually think that the top guys in this draft um, might actually be worse than some of the, the back guys. Whoa. So Jameson Williams – what are you saying? Well, I mean, you have Justin Ross from Clemson at the bottom. You have Alec Pierce from Cincinnati. Uh, there's one more dude. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, so Jamison Williams is the best draft, best wide receiver in this draft. Yes or yes? I'd say yes. But he tore his ACL. In- they don't even have Mechie in the top. Did he declare? He declared. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah, so I think Jameson Williams is the best. Uh, but I think Atlanta drafts first. And personally, I think Atlanta should take Drake London. But they'll probably take Garrett Wilson. Which is fine for the Falcons. Which is fine for the Falcons. Yeah, we don't we don't ever want them to be successful. So <laughs> uh so Atlanta takes the first wide receiver, and I you know. My money's going to be Drake London. Who's your money on, Nick? <clears throat> I, I mean, I just – I feel like this is a – I feel like this is just a Falcons pick. It's going to be a Falcons pick where they see a lot of value in Garrett Wilson. I don't think he's the best – like I said, I don't think he's the best wide receiver on his college team. I don't think he's the best wide receiver in the draft. I don't think – I don't even I, – I, you know, I don't even know if he's – I don't even know if he's a first-round wide receiver, to be honest. Damn. Um, damn. So Jameson Williams, I, I, Chris Olave, Burks from Arkansas is a baller. He's going he's gonna to go somewhere and eat it up. Drake London is good. I think the reason Jameson and Mechie both fell is those ACLs. 
Yeah, it's definitely injury. So, yeah. Jameson Williams, people are comparing him, and obviously they do this all the time, to Tyreek Hill, which is bananas. I just which is like bananas because Tyreek Hill was a six-round pick, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah, and also Tyreek Hill is one of a kind. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. <laughs> dude's a goddamn unicorn. Um, he is alien fast. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think – I think – Drake London should be the first pick overall. I mean, first wide receiver overall. Jeez, <laughs> oh, jeez. To Atlanta. Let's and see. I'm going to be upset that Atlanta gets him, but somehow they're going to ruin him. And then the Saints will come on. The Saints will take J- Jameson Williams, pick 18. We'll let him sit for the year, get healthy. But with pick, uh, with pick 16, the Saints will also draft a right wide receiver. And I think they trade Traylon Burks. So, Two wide receivers, huh? Absolutely. That's the one thing that held us back last year. We couldn't get balls into playmakers' hands and get upfield. Like, we were so bad at offense last year. We couldn't get moved to sticks. We couldn't get first downs. We didn't have – we had our top five wide receivers and tight ends, like our top five pass catchers, we're all bottom five in separation. Save us, Ted Gann. <laughs> so they need to address this position. The defense is rather loaded still. The offensive line is fine. We took a hit at left tackle. We can get someone in the second, third round to easily replace the, uh, an offensive position, even if we have to move Ramcheck over to left tackle. Um, you know, you have Kamara. And then you got you got to put weapons around Jameis Winston to see if he's good or not. So everything come out of Philly's camp. And it sucks that where the pick right before you is his best receiver available. Is who they're going with? Yeah, but you guys are gonna blow it again. Hey, Burks <laughs> a charm, All right. Fuck Justin Jefferson is what Philly said. Clowns. Clowns. All right. What's the next topic? Uh, just because. There was a big debate about it all year. First cornerback taken. First cornerback taken, huh? I'll give you the odds. Derek Stingley plus two. Or I'm sorry. Ahmad Gardner minus 500. Derek oh. Stingley plus 250. Trent McDuffie plus 2,000. And then the rest are. Man, Ahmad Gardner is that much of a favorite? They love sauce, huh? Doesn't this feel like a Giants pick? <laughs> Like a second giant, a second or a first Giants pick. Oh, they do have two. Yeah, you gotta know right because you gotta know the Giants at five. They can pick whoever they want. They probably have to pick an OT. They probably have to pick a tackle. Right. Right. So it's gonna be one of the three because you know, I, I well, I pray to God that the Carolina Panthers are drafting an offensive tackle. And then, uh, like, you imagine if the tackle doesn't get to you? Yes, I can. <laughs> you, you, all right, keep going. So you got to know the Giants have to take tackle, right? But doesn't right. that seven it feel like an Ahmad Gardner, like a Giants corner, like a Giants just bust on a cornerback? Yeah, they just love him so much. <laughs> I, so on their rankings, they're actually pretty close, one and two. But I think Gardner got the nod because he's got three inches of height. Of height. He's the second tallest. <laughs> <cornerback>. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> All 
Had to clarify for the folks listening, bro. The scouts are like, take out your pants. Gardner, you're number one. <laughs> um, man, I, I liked – it's so funny. This LSU does this all the time. They get a cornerback super name recognition, and then he doesn't have a good year before the draft, and he slips – and then they end up still being good anyways. <laughs> I, I agree with that, but I because what you just – I think he's the best cornerback in the draft. Derek Stingley Jr., he will not be the first cornerback taken. Uh, I thought it was Sauce. I didn't know Sauce was the favorite. Uh, so that makes sense. That makes sense that I'm hearing about him as much as I am. Um, I would say he's the first. And Sauce to the Giants is fucking hysterical. <laughs> it's it's a day it's a although they fired Dave Gettleman, the ghost of him is still lurking around. You must have the sauce. <laughs> Dylan from the secondary. All right. So now that you've mentioned Carolina willingly, right? They finished the season by losing seven. Something. No, they lost seven. That's their streak. Uh so they're the Carolina. Oh what? Are you gonna ask one who would take? No, I'm gonna tell oh. them that the Carolina Panthers are gonna take Malik Willis at quarterback. <laughs> I, 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 know, I like. I know. I know it's going to happen. <laughs> Look, no quarterback should be selected top fifteen, let alone in the first round. The Carolina Panthers will select quarterback Malik Willis, Liberty, with the number six overall pick. Because the ghost of Cam Newton continues to haunt that facility. Exactly, bro. They're, they're going to see – they're going to be like, well, we won with Cam Newton, Malik Willis, and they're going to have fallen in love, and Matt Rule's going to be so scared for his job that he can't develop the quarterbacks on his roster that he's going to go get Malik Willis, and he's going to go out like Matt Nagy in a ball of fire by not playing Malik Willis. I hate it so much because every single draft visit that, t- that they talk about, Carolina is visiting. They're bringing in quarterbacks. They're bringing in quarterbacks. Stop. This is a draft <laughs> of third round and below quarterbacks. They don't grade well at all. Malik Willis is not Cam Newton. There's a reason Cam Newton was the number one overall pick. Yeah. And nobody was like, uh, should he go number one? But this is going to happen. I'm letting you know right now. You have audio evidence. Eric, what are the odds on Malik Willis to the Panthers? Can you can you pull that up? While Dang, you're searching, so <laughs> while you're searching, you ask us your next question. Um, first running back taken. <laughs> He's still mad. Why are you so <laughs> upset? First running back taken. That is an interesting question. Wow. Does a running back go in the first round? Ah, <laughs> oh, man, there is. There's a few running backs who just don't quite make uh, the first round grade. It feels like this every year, and then they come in and they produce, and then they only last five years because they weren't first round running backs. First round running backs are like Zeke. He's going to give you eight to nine years. It's going to be like Derrick Henry. Derek, was Derrick Henry a first round pick? He was, right? Yeah. All right. So Derrick Henry. Uh, oh my. Dalvin Cook was not a first-round pick. First day, or first, 
First pick of the second day. Fuck. I know. He's the first yeah. pick of the second round, and I wanted the Eagles to take Dalvin Cook, and they didn't. They didn't. Oh, yeah. Tell me about it. Uh, dude, the Eagles just have a history of just – Anyway, Nick. So <laughs> Carolina to draft Malik Willis, according to FanDuel, because I couldn't find it on Bovada, is plus 400 with a 22% chance. I mean, <laughs> 22%. Let me let me let me read you one line that should bump that up to 422%. Matt Rule has final say over Carolina Panthers personnel decisions with input from their GM. Yeah, read it. I can't see it. No, I was just going back to Sauce Gardner. Um 117 yards allowed. Yeah, he catches. balled out, but he also he wasn't playing against you know the <laughs> what receivers did he play against? Right, you know UCF doesn't season. exactly throw SEC talent at you every day. Yeah, yeah, UCF produced Traquan Smith. See how much he's done in the NFL. <laughs> so I respect him because he does he does look the part. He plays extremely hard. He's disciplined. And when he did play against big time competition, he showed up. But I mean, if you have to guard the who's who in the zoo every week. So for the running backs, I'm yeah. gonna give you the CBS oh, rankings. Is Brees Hall number one? No, can I? Let me. All right, go ahead. Okay. I just wanted to get my guess in first. All right. So the top five: Kenneth Walker, Michigan State; Brees Hall, Iowa State; Isaiah Spiller, Texas A&M; Damian Pierce, Florida. And Kyron Williams, Notre Dame. Oh, okay, the Notre Dame cat. Yeah, he's pretty good. I forgot about Kenneth Walker, and I'm still gonna. Brees Hall is the best running back in this draft. I don't think a running back goes first round. Yeah, I mean, neither do I. But the question was, who's the first running back taken? (laughs) So, so back to that question. So I'm gonna move away from you. (laughs) <laughs> All right, Brees Hall first. Okay. You know where I want to see Brees Hall go? The Colts. <laughs> what? With Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor. Taylor? I want to see him go to the to the Chiefs. Nah. They're pretty sold on Clyde Evans and Lair, I feel like. No, they're not. That's why they, Daryl Williams was a, a fucking monster last year. Yeah, well, they're not too sold on Darren Williams either. <laughs> Well, I think he's gone. I think he signed with Atlanta, if I'm not mistaken. All right, what's oh, your next question? Yeah, that's where running backs go to die. <laughs> Todd Gurley, RP. <R&B. laughs> All right, so to move away from individual, uh, this is always a fun one. Number of ACC players taken in round one, the over-under is four and a half. ACC, huh? That's yeah, right. I'm going to do ACC, Pac-12, and SEC. Solely because those are the only ones that were on Bavada for us. Oh, okay. So ACC over under is four and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to think of some of the names off the top of my head. So, Iguano from NC State. There's Jermaine Johnson from Florida State. Clemson has a couple of dudes. There's Zion Andrew Johnson Boutier. from Boston College. Hmm. I'm going under. Is Pittsburgh ACC? Yeah. Can he oh, pick it? Can he pick, oh, can he pick it? Yeah, over. I think over, but just this this is a bet that if you take, you're going to be sweating it. Four and a half yeah. is huge. Uh, if they didn't have Kenny Pickett, who's – look, all the talk, 
I feel like he's going to be the first round quarterback. He can't even eat a Whopper without assistance. <laughs> he uses a, a fork <laughs> and knife on New York pizza. <laughs> the kid has normal hands, and nobody wants a normal person playing quarterback. <laughs> what a bum. Pac-12 over-under is also four and a half. Pac-12 is a little more. So they have Kayvon Thibodeau. They have uh, London Drake. They have – man, I'm just drawing a blank now. Utah? Was it a safety? Linebacker Devin Lloyd. Devin Lloyd. What is it? (laughs) Pac-12? Same over-under. Oh, these are <sighs> I feel like there's a bunch of like Washington guys who could who could come in like 25 to 32. The problem is, is you never know about trade back into the first right. round. Um Drake London. So the problem is Drake London and Kayvon Thibodeau put them instantly at two. Right. And so we're looking at three players outside of the top ten. So if I think ACC I'll, is going to hit, I don't know about. And the top there's forty-five yeah. player rankings. There's um, Devin Lloyd, linebacker from Utah. There's probably the two cornerbacks from Washington, McDuffie Gordon, and uh, Gordon. And McDuffie from Washington. Say those. Say those, Eric. Kyler Gordon and McDuffie, okay. both cornerbacks from yeah, the University yeah. of Washington. They were good too, and that's it. Oh well, is Colorado State Pac-12? No, no, then no. I was gonna say under. I think they get four players drafted, and that's that's where I kind of hit. Depends if somebody takes a quarterback. Is there an AC? Is there a Pac-12 quarterback? Yeah, let me pull them up real quick. Oh, the quarterback class is so terrible. But so look, Nick, you said three get taken, right? Quarterbacks. Anthony, Anthony Brown from Oregon. I, I, I think zero quarterbacks should be taken. I. No, no, yeah. should should and will are not always the thing. Three go. Three go. Well then, so it's Malik Willis. It's Kenny Pickett. Who's? Desmond Ritter. Look, look. I mean, look oh, at this. Desmond Ritter. Yeah, I think Ritter will go. I think that doesn't, is that's a third. Doesn't Desmond Ritter I'm, feel like a Lions pick? <laughs> <laughs> that feels like just like Sauce Gardner. That feels like at thirty-two, just a big live big Lions pick. Oh man! So I'm going under for Pac-12. Okay. And then the toughest one, as it is every year. SEC first round over under ten and a half. Ten ten and a half. Yes, sir. (laughs) Fuck. So you have Kyle Walker one overall. You have Evan Neal offensive tackle. You have uh, Derek Stingley Jr. You have Jamison Williams. You have Uh, most of Georgia's uh, team. (laughs) You have Cross from Mississippi State. Dean from Georgia, the linebacker. Dean from Georgia. Ooh, that's did you already say Jordan Davis from Georgia? I did not, no. So Jordan Davis. Auburn has Roger McCreary. Oh, He's one did of you already say Burks? Oh, Traylon Burks? Oh, oh, easy. Oh, the two Alabama uh, green, green from Texas A&M. 
the other defensive lineman from Georgia, Watt or Wyatt. Oh, Lewis signed the safety from Georgia. It's over. Yeah, it's, it's over. over. Georgia might have over over four and a half picks in the first round. Yeah, George. So here's a fun bet: Georgia has more first round picks than the Pac-12. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's. <laughs> we just named five dudes from Georgia that are going to the first yeah. round. All right, and then as is tradition every year, we've kind of already answered them throughout, just naturally speaking, but. Number of QBs taken round one, over under three and a half. Under. Under. And then number of running backs taken round one, over under 0.5. Under. <laughs> You're going to give me 0.5? Does a running back get taken? Under. I got on this horse last year. I'm going to die on it again. No running backs in the first round. Yeah, but Najee Harris went in the first round. Fuck Najee Harris. Under. <laughs> Who on the back half of the draft order needs a running back? Let's see. Everybody. So you have Rams, Bengals, Chiefs, 49ers, Packers, Bucks, Titans, Bills, Dallas, Arizona. Arizona might be the one. That kid from Iowa State and that Bills offense. Oh, dude, Brees Hall. Dude, Brees Hall in a lot of places. I just don't want him to go. I want him to go where he can take the role in fantasy. So I'm being <laughs> selfish, bro. But there isn't there isn't a glaring need at running back. I'm gonna ride with my boy Nick and take the under. Boop, 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 boop. Eric wrote none of these picks down. Right. <laughs> he just looked at me a little bad. It's, it's good conversation, I guess. Hey, good time. Uh, God forbid we God forbid we reference we reference this next week, right, Eric? Yeah, All right, bro. So for those of you listening at home, the draft order is set: Jacksonville, Detroit, Houston, New York Jets, New York Giants, Carolina, New York Giants, Atlanta, Seattle. New York Jets, Washington, Minnesota, Houston, Baltimore, Philadelphia, New Orleans, Los Angeles, Chargers, Philadelphia, New Orleans, Pittsburgh, New England, the Packers, Cardinals, Cowboys, Bills, Titans, Buccaneers, Packers again, Kansas City. Kansas City picks twice in a row. Yeah. I'm running back for sure. Oh, do you think they do you think they package to go get a wide receiver? Do you think they can package those two to Atlanta? And at eight? And eight at eight. No, because Atlanta's probably in love with whatever dumbass wide receiver they're gonna try. <laughs> That's a fair. That's yes. a fair. That's and then, Garrett Wilson. And then uh it rounds out with the final two picks. It's the Bengals and the Detroit Lions by way of the Los Angeles Rams. I'm actually excited for this draft, even though I have no clue what's gonna happen. So before we move on to NBA playoffs, the least amount of research I've done. Before. Since this is your guys' podcast and you guys are such fanatics, I want to know who. It doesn't matter where you're picking. You're you're the number one pick. Who's the one guy you want this year on your team? Any yeah. player. Like if you if you could get that player and know that 100, who would it be to make your team better, win a Super Bowl? I love the tackles this year. Yeah. <laughs> one, give me one of the three. If I'm number yeah. one, I'm going to – I'm not mad. I prefer Neil just because <laughs> – right. But I don't – like any one of those three, and I'm a, I'm happy. So, yeah. I honestly think – and I think I've said this already, but 
if you don't know who the number one pick is, default to offensive linemen. The, <laughs> the, miss, the miss rate on offensive linemen, as long as you're not uh, Gettleman, uh, is, is incredibly low. It's incredibly low. There's five positions. They're big bodies. You can use them all over the line. Like, it's incredibly low. You draft an offensive lineman, you're almost guaranteed to get 10 to 12 elite years of production, in my opinion. And so if you don't know who number one is, you go offensive lineman. And you can get good offensive linemen after, like, round three. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. This I feel like this skill gap is so much worse than any other position. And the, the other thing is, is like, even if a round four lineman is good, he your line performs better if the whole line is good. Right. So you can take a round four guy who's who ends up being good in his fifth year because he didn't get a contract and signed with a team that had a good offensive lineman, and then he plays for them for seven years. Like, t- stop me if you've heard that story. Like, I think offensive line, and also, it's to me, it's the most important position. Like, if you're not stopping your quarterback from getting lit up and stopping your running back from getting lit up behind the line of scrimmage, you're going to lose football games. Yes, I agree. Everybody's the whole Joe Burrow, no offense. That was a fluke. All right. That you don't care. Like, you need an offensive line to win in the NFL. Yeah. Well, that was a combination of things. Joe Burrow's was a combination play calling, Burrow holding the rock too long. And, you know, the offensive line underperforming at certain points. I don't think that offensive line is as bad. I didn't think it was as bad as it was. It was also – there was other factors that made it bad. Sack nine times in a playoff game. Yes. How many of those did Joe Burrow hold on to and try to take off running? And how many of those were because Zach Taylor didn't keep in an extra tight end or an extra running back? How many of those is because Zach Taylor refuses to give a fucking hot route to Joe Burrow? Like, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. not just the offensive line in that instance. Yeah. There's other times where, it, like, Carolina is the offensive line. <laughs> like, it's hands down is the offensive line. But, um, yeah, because I think, yeah, Zach Taylor, I was calling for him to get fired last year. You remember that? Yeah. Zach Taylor early on in the season. Well, he bought himself another two, three years. He bought himself an extension. That boy got paid, bro. It's a, this league forgets real quick. <laughs> Shout out Doug Peterson. Howie <laughs> Roseman, Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl two years later. They were both in the hot seat again. <laughs> and somehow Howie Roseman skipping on Justin Jefferson, skipping on Dalvin Cook, drafting Jalen. Like, what? Is, he took. On, what is he? He took. What Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson? Uh huh. And then he took Miles the, Sanders. Ma, no, no, there was another wide receiver that we passed on. Oh, DK like, Metcalf. No, there's another one where we took JJ Arcega wide side, and right before us, another or right after oh. us, another player got drafted. Chase Claypool. I can't remember, but it's just a history of. But I think Arcega wide side. No, that wasn't the Chase Claypool draft. I remember Arcega wide side. I thought he had potential. He didn't. He didn't do shit, Jake. Well, they moved him to tight end this year. Is he going to be tight end? They moved him to tight end? Boy, that's that, up. Yo, that's fun as fuck. <laughs> so, he was he was drafted in 2019. All right, so 2019 NFL draft. 
I think Howie Roseman has dirt on Jeffrey Lurie. Because <laughs> that man should have been fired. He's got a sex tape or something. <laughs> oh, dude, Debo Samuel was in the second round. Where's Let's Philly's see. pick? I'm looking, I'm looking. Miles Sanders. It was first round, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, so Parrot. Oh, no, you took him 57th. Miko Hardman went before. Uh, oh, no, A.J. Brown went before. But that's what I'm saying. There was D.K. There was A.J. Brown. Who did we take in the first round? I remember I was pissed that year. You took Andre Dillard. Oh, fucking fuck. Andre Dillard. You took him before Hollywood Brown, hmm. before, uh, <laughs> before Debo Samuel, before Drew Locke. Just kidding. Uh, before AJ Brown, before uh, Miko Hardman. Oh, it was DK Metcalf, the year of JJ Arcega Whiteside. I told you, because uh, DK Metcalf fell to sixty-four. He was the final pick of the second round. Some real good. I just, I kept, I remember watching that draft and being like, "How is he falling?" Here's what the Cardinals took: Andy Isabella before DK Metcalf. I mean, some GMs suck. Bro, a lot of GMs suck, bro. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so what do you – give me your biggest surprise. What would surprise you the most from this – if that happens in this draft, Nick? (laughs) (laughs) I know what it is. Why did I ask? God damn it. The Carolina Panthers actually taking an offensive tackle at six. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> as soon as I asked you, I knew what it was. All I right. will be, I will be floored. <laughs> and, uh, look, if if you do not take Malik Willis, uh, call me and I will do a <laughs> shot with you, bro. All right. So, what's your what would surprise you the most in this year's draft? Um, that's tough. I have to think here for a second. Give us yours. I got to think real quick. But so. What would surprise me the most in this year's draft is if the Green Bay Packers don't select a wide receiver in the first round. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been, I've been sitting at it and like, dude, they have two picks. So like, what are you They're trying to a wide receiver? They have to, right? Right. But wouldn't it be like the most Aaron Rodgers thing to sign that contract and then they're like, nah, we good, fam. <laughs> No, I mean, you can get like a round three wide receiver. Is that something we can interest you in? I think, I mean, we you've you guys have already said it on the podcast, but I couldn't agree more. If Atlanta doesn't take a wide receiver, oh yeah, no, one hundred percent, I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, so, Atlanta's going to take the worst wide the the not number one wide receiver. One hundred percent. So this draft, wide receiver wise, uh, and it's also because the teams at the back end are so wide receiver needed needy. Yeah. Um, this draft strikes me as the just like the CD Lamb, Jerry Judy, Ruggs draft, yeah. where everyone after them was good. This draft strikes me as that's going to happen. I also would be surprised if uh, the Ravens don't take a Alabama player. Taking an <laughs> Alabama player like seventeen years in a row. Uh, all right, so en- enigmatic team, the Dallas Cowboys. What do they do this year that just gets everyone just like, what the fuck? Everything they do every year. So I actually think 
that Dallas drafts a wide receiver. So I think Green Bay doesn't take a wide receiver with their first pick. And then Dallas takes a wide receiver and fucks Green Bay over. Dallas, uh, I, Dallas is so angry about Randy Gregory that they trade up to get an edge player. Oh. <laughs> what if they trade up with Denver? Just kidding. Denver doesn't, uh, Denver doesn't have a first round. I think they uh, they get Dak or Zeke's replacement in the first round this year. Dak's replacement? Yeah, fuck him. He sucks. Those are all Dallas Cowboys things that I can see happening. Can they do that all with one pick? <laughs> yes. Malik Willis replaces Dak, fails. Then they convert him to – Malik Willis is not going to be available at 24. He converts to running back and replaces Zeke. <laughs> By the time we get to pick 24, Jermaine, Malik Willis will be in an, in, an, in, an air, in an airplane flying to Charlotte. He may have already landed at Charlotte. By the time we get to pick 24, we'll have six quarterbacks taken in the first round. <laughs> okay. if, All right, Sam, if Sam Howell goes any pick before round four, I will, I will throw a fit. I would, dude. Honestly, if we got Sam Howell like fifth round, I'd I'd take a flyer on him. I agree. He shouldn't go before the third round. Well, I mean, first of all, no quarterback should go. Like these quarterbacks are not good. So I think our teams are different. Like Jalen Hurts has like a little potential. Maybe Jamie's he's thrown thirty touchdowns in the season. Our boy over here, I don't know what the fuck is going on in Carolina. Bro, Malik Willis to the Panthers. I am telling you right now, that's going to happen. Listen, I'm going to make this prediction, or I'm going to make this statement, and it's a statement that I made before the 2011 NFL draft. I do not want a quarterback. When we get a quarterback, I will hate him for his rookie year. If he balls out in his rookie year, I'm going to be fully on the bandwagon and ready to give my life for this. Pick. That's what happened with Cam Newton. He's still fighting for Cam. A hundred percent. Give oh, Cam a starting job over Kaepernick. I fucking lost my mind when we drafted Jalen Hurts. You were excited? No, like what the fuck? <laughs> that was. But I didn't realize he had any but hey, to Carson, Carson. Hey, they knew more about Carson than we knew. I, what is it with Philadelphia and their star players being mentally broken? Like Ben Simmons is broken, Carson Wentz is broken. No, 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 no. What is it with Philadelphia that star players go there and get broken? Is the question you should be asking. Huh. Philadelphia is the control in that group. They are not. <laughs> right. the, they are not the variable. It's a right. tough crowd to play for. You're in the league getting paid thirty, forty million dollars. Well, I mean, like, I am again. I'm not disagreeing, but I was just explaining to you. I, I think you just. I think you just named it, Eric. I think <laughs> the fans are just assholes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I feel like working for you guys is like being a, a player for Philadelphia, and I'm not getting paid thirty million to do this. I deal with it. You know what I mean? Wow. That's- <laughs> well, I don't know. We're not calling you racial slurs, so. We're also not like endangering your life and sending you death death threats and you know. Well, calling- mine is in the mail, yeah. So just don't open it, Jermaine. Yeah, snail mail. Who's who snail does that mail. anymore? You don't even know where a post office is. It's actually taken out of the magazine too. So it's like it's the magazine letters. <laughs> Those ransom letters. All right, Eric, take us into the NBA playoffs. All right. So we are what, halfway through the first round? 
Shano, you tell me this is your update. <laughs> oh, this is my update. You uh, asked for speaking roles, I gave it to you, and you led with a question. Yeah, I'm trying to get everybody involved. You know what <laughs> no, I mean? Where I'm doing that. That is my role. He's gonna he's just gonna break off and start room 303, the original podcast. Well, no, he's away. He's already he's already, you know, shopping around for other podcasts. So Oh, here we go. <laughs> anyway, if I were to ask you guys the one team in the NBA to make the playoffs that would get swept, who would you have picked in the first round of the playoffs? With Brooklyn the teams, with the, with the teams that made it, who would you think would get swept? Oh, I thought Chicago would get swept. <laughs> the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> Not who got swept. Who did you think? You yeah, had, the Brooklyn Nets. You minus. <laughs> I called it from the beginning. I'll show you the receipts and everything. So I that, thought the Hawks would get swept. I thought the Bulls would get swept. I thought I thought the Jazz would get swept, swept, but but Luca uh, fucking blew that. I thought the Grizz would get swept. Yeah. Clippers. Grizz. Oh, the Grizz. Yeah, you, actually, you were you did think the Timberwolves. Yeah, I think you said you have the Timberwolves sweeping them. <laughs> uh, but hey, they're, they're making them earn their lunch money, dude. All right, so that so I guess you're leading into who got swept, Derek. So the two odds-on favorite teams to win the NBA Finals or to make it to the NBA Finals are now not in the playoffs. The Lakers didn't make it because they suck, and Brooklyn was swept. By Boston, four games straight. Kyrie Irving looked a mess. Kevin Durant looked disengaged. Ben Simmons didn't come back, even though he said he was going to come back, and he got crucified by his talking heads. As uh, he should have. No, one hundred percent. I mean, don't say you're going to play and not play. Like it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You're the one announced. You're the one controlling that information. Like, if you're not ready to play, don't say you're playing game four. Right. And then, and then the audacity of your agent to have a meeting with. And what I think is hilarious is he left Philadelphia, a notoriously bad sports town for fans. He went to New York. Yeah, I mean, see the Yankees just <laughs> like an like equally Jack aggressive Jackson. fan base. Yeah. Anyway, so I'll take you to the uh, the one three matchup in the East. It's the Miami Heat uh, hosting the Atlanta Hawks. Um, game one, the Heat won one fifteen ninety one. Game two, the Heat won one fifteen one oh five. The Hawks stole one at home, 111-110. And then last night, the Heat won 110-86. And they <laughs> held Trey Young to nine points. That's his second below 10-point game this series. Second below 10 points. I watched Man, the, the clip. Heat, the Heat might be the real deal, huh? I, They look scary good. Them and Boston look scary good. but The top watched, three in the East, bro. I watched the clip. Trey Young's bringing up the court. He's got Jimmy Butler on him. Then they switch. Then he's got Bam out of bio on him. And then they do another screen and they switch. And then he has, well, who was it? PJ Tucker. PJ Tucker on him. He he can't breathe. There's nothing. They can't screen him. They can't. Everywhere he goes, the Heat have somebody on him. It's a master class. Eric Spolstra, coach of the year. I changed my pick from last episode. You're welcome. Welcome to the dark side. I told you. I can watch that man coach defense for the rest of my life. Do you, <laughs> do you think that's the worst three matchups a player can get in NBA history? Uh, 
Um, no. no. Jordan Pippen and Rodman. Yeah. Were fucking nightmare. That was the original. The original. Did league. Rodman go out though? Yeah. Did he go out to like guard the perimeter? Yeah, he was Draymond okay. before Draymond. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala, and Sean Livingston. That's what I was thinking. That was a gangster defensive <laughs> switching squad. Then you had uh, Clay. what? Clay was in there too, though. Like, oh, and Clay, yeah, yeah that, they... bro. The that Warriors switching defense was just a fucking nut roll. Good luck. And then, um, man, you had LeBron you had... beat him. <laughs> you had <laughs> you had uh, Chauncey Billups, Tayshawn Prince. Rasheed Wallace. Rasheed Wallace. Ben Wallace. Ben Wallace. Them. And Rip Hamilton played defense, too. Like, that fucking squad was. And then the Spurs. This, yeah, the Spurs, that was team defense, though. He's talking about individual defenders. They really, it was like Bruce Bowen and then sometimes Shane Battier. <laughs> <laughs> Shane Someone Battier. Shane Battier felt not old. Yeah, dude. There's <laughs> been there's been a few. Uh, this, this heat. You know, this heat iteration's impressive as fuck. Yeah. Um, I mean the Bucks. The Bucks had Drew Holiday, Giannis, Middleton, uh, Connaughton. Connaughton plays D, bro. And they had PJ Tucker last year. <laughs> and they had PJ Tucker last year. I mean, yeah. dude, there's there's been a few, man. There's one one honorable mention we haven't seen very much of it, but Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Oh, dude. Horrendous. All right, next next series. Let's try right. to speed this up. So, uh, the 2-7. Wasn't P.J. Tucker on the Raptors, too? No, P.J. Tucker wasn't on the Raptors. That was Kawhi Leonard, Danny Green, O.G. Ananubi, Pascal Siakam, Marcus Gasol, uh, uh, Kyle no, Lowry. P.J. PJ played for the Raptors. I don't know if he played for them the year they won, though. No, he was on the Suns. Yeah. Um. The year they won, yeah, he was no. The year they won, PJ Tucker wasn't on the Raptors. Ah, well, the two seven seed in the East was the Boston Celtics, Brooklyn Nets. As we stated earlier, the Brooklyn Nets got swept. Um, the first game was close, and game four was close. The rest were blowouts. The three six matchup: uh, Milwaukee Bucks, Chicago Bulls. Right now, the Bucks have a three one lead. Uh, game five is Wednesday, and then the four five matchup. And the East is the Philadelphia 76ers, Toronto Raptors. The Raptors won today, so the series now stands at 3-2. The inevitable meltdown is coming. The Raptors and Sixers played today? The Raptors won by 20 today in Philadelphia. The collapse is coming. JoJo broke his thumb. It's over. Oh, <laughs> shit, bro. I'm pretty sure I picked the Raptors in that series. <laughs> So, oh, how are you feeling, Eric? Well, there won't be many more episodes with Eric if this continues. Oh, dramatic. All right. Um, I'll talk. Yeah, remember when I said, wow, Eric, you're being really optimistic for your normal self. And he was like, <laughs> no, this is good. Whatever. All right. So, in the Western <laughs> Conference, the 1-8, the surprising matchup of the playoffs is the Phoenix Suns and the New Orleans Pelicans. They are currently tied at two games each. We all predicted a Chris Paul hamstring. Turns out it was Devin Booker. And oh, we-, we were supposed to lead the show with that. How bad did we get that one wrong, Nick? 
Yeah, it's a bummer. Devin Booker hamstring. Yeah, because the well, I mean, for those of you out there, I bet hamstring injury, so I won anyway. <laughs> a podcast motto: Fade us. If you faded us and bet Devin Booker hamstring, congratulations. Yeah, jeez. Oh man, Let's shout out my boy Jose Alvarado, the Puerto Rican pest. Just driving Chris Paul fucking bananas. And I've been telling Eric for months now, Herbert Jones is going to be something. And last game, he fucking balled out of his mind. Was everywhere. He had so many blocked point shots in one game. It was ridiculous. All right, go ahead, Eric. Well, I was going to say, I forgot to mention it in the Brooklyn uh, Celtics spot. But this has been a coming out party for Jason Tatum and Brandon Ingram. We all know Jason Tatum was going to be good, but he's put the team on his back. Brandon Ingram... He's crushing it, but defensively, the Pelicans, I didn't know they had this in them. They are some dogs. They're playing like they have nothing to lose against the Suns. That, uh, that's because they don't have anything to lose. They're <laughs> because they weren't given a chance. Zion's not on the roster, and you're playing against the one-seed 63-win Suns, right? Because 60 wins is easy. Right. So you know. <laughs> also, uh, shout-out, Eric, for – Taking my talking point. Oh, my bad. No, dude, I was the one who said that yesterday. Oh. I was just like, yo, Tatum and Ingram have been coming out in this playoff. No, they are. It's uh, crazy. It's crazy. And it, I would have forgot to mention it, so that's why I keep Eric around. I mean, at, at the beginning of the year, people were screaming, trade Jalen Brown, trade Jason Tatum. It's well, they figured out. Jason, they Finally, they figured out who the one is, the one alpha on that squad, and Jason, it's Jason Tatum. Once they figured that out, Everything else fell into line. Yeah. Because you know who to hit your cart to. When it was Jalen Brown was the better player and, and Jason Tatum, that was where the split was happening in that locker room. Now it's everyone, now it's five fingers, one fist. Well, as as uh Sheck and uh Chuck pointed out, Boston was always doing this like search for a point guard, Kyrie, Kemba, Scary Terry. They were they're always trying to find somebody and they finally they made the right pick. Marcus Smart. He's the he's the best point guard for that team. Yeah, their issue was never the point guard though. But their, they were trying to force. Yeah, they were trying they to were figure trying to, it out. Yeah, their issue's always been the the fucking goddamn center position. Wrong they games. got they got rid of Hal Horford, and then they were like, "Yo, we fucked up," so they brought him back. <laughs> and then the so the two seven seed in the West, which has probably been the most fascinating playoff series, is the Memphis Grizzlies versus the Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, currently tied two two. Uh, game five is tomorrow. What do you think about that series? I'm gonna let you take this one. I think it's been fascinating. I actually want to hear Nick's thoughts on this one because this clanging is, and banging, baby. This is the series that he was. This Nick was all over this series. So clanging and banging, dude. Like I just, it's what. What did I say when we had the NBA preview? Anytime everyone is always hot on a good young team in the playoffs, who doesn't have a veteran playoff presence. They don't do well against scrappy other teams who are given no fucking shot. Everybody said that oh, Memphis is moving on, no doubt. They gave Minnesota, who has scrappy young players with scrappy veteran players, they didn't give them any shot against Memphis. And Memphis has good young players. They're great at basketball. But when the, the lights are just a little bit brighter in the playoffs – and sometimes you gotta you gotta shade your eyes. I I don't disagree. So 
One thing that we're kind of understating, right, is the presence of CJ McCollum and Patrick Beverly on both those squads, right? Because we talk about the young upstart Pelicans who are playing an infinite amount of rookies in this series. It's, <laughs> it's goddamn insane how many young kids they're playing. And, you know, and then you have the Timberwolves who by proxy have a very young squad as well. CJ McCollum and Pat Bev are the credence that says, hey, to compete, you have to have that veteran presence, that experience, that, that hey, I've been here, follow me. And that's exactly what's happening. These series are more competitive than anyone could have ever thought. Even if the two favorites win the next two games, right, there's something to build on for these two teams. I, I think it's incredibly fascinating. One thing that's fascinating about this Timberwolves uh, – sorry, Timberwolves and uh, Grizzlies series is that they can't, it's the, it's the proof is in the pudding. They are not consistent, right? One game, they'll blow the other team out by 30. The next game, they'll get blown out by 30. It's, it's just this up and down. It's like, this is why coaches are bald. (laughs) It's like, yo, you just did it two days ago. (laughs) I know you know how to do it. What's different now? And it's just a very fascinating thing. Well, one thing I'll, I'll leave this series on before we move on to the next. Uh, shout out John Morant for winning most improved player. Um, very well deserved. Balled the fuck out this year. But he actually ended up giving the most improved player award to his running mate, Desmond Bain, who had a, you know, had a very good you know, case for most improved. So I thought that was pretty tight. And touching back on the Memphis uh, Minnesota series, uh, it's it's time to pass the torch to Anthony Edwards. That's his team. <laughs> it just it is. He's he's the star of that team, man. Like I know it's Cat or whatever bullshit you want to say, but Anthony Edwards is the man on that squad. I planted this seed on the couch. We're watching. We're playing. We're watching the final. We're watching the Timberwolves playing game. And Carl Anthony Towns fouls out. As he's done in this series, Carl Anthony Towns has had five terrible plus fouls. coaching, by the way. Yeah, Minnesota so parts. Minnesota has terrible coaching. Yeah, absolutely, and also Carl Anthony Towns is one of the dumbest players I've ever seen. Like, what are you doing on some of these fouls? Trying to jump over people's back to get the ball? Like, that's a foul every time. But in the playing game, I turned to Eric and I was just like, "You are watching the the literal moment of the passing passing of the torch for the star player." Anthony Edwards is now the star of the Minnesota Timberwolves, and you watch the game as it happened. Yeah. And Carl Anthony Towns Towns is soft. (laughs) Let's move into the next series. So the 3-6 in the West is the Golden State Warriors and Denver Nuggets right now. Golden State has a 3-1 lead. Um, Game four, heroic effort by Jokic, the soon-to-be MVP. But the Warriors are just too much. They're shooting everywhere. The emergence of Jordan Poole – it's just too much. He doesn't have enough help with him. Sunsh- or Warriors should close this out in the next one. Um, it's a, it's unreal how the Warriors have just turned it on. Dude, Steph Curry's coming off the bench, but he's still giving you like 25 a game. Jordan Poole is having the talking heads start talking about trading Clay. I don't think they should trade Clay, but the talking heads on ESPN and shit say. Everyone's fascinated with this Clay Thompson trade talk. 
Uh, Jordan Poole hasn't done it enough for me to to pick him over Clay Thompson. So see, every and, and, and Clay Thompson's balling right now. <laughs> like, I was gonna say, if you watch Game Four, yes, the just Nuggets come won. back like, <laughs> from two years like, off, like two years you watch, of injury. Yeah. So now, now they waited through the injury. Now they're saying to trade Clay Thompson. <laughs> Onwards and upwards, baby. But if you watch Game Four, the Nuggets were actually leading the whole way. And uh, Steph and Clay shot them back into it. 100%. Yeah, so, they balled the fuck out. Like, yeah, Jordan Poole, massive talent. Dude deserves I'm whatever he gets. Yeah. But it's still Clay and Steph. It, it doesn't even make sense. Like, Jordan Poole balled out game one, so now it's Trey Clay Thompson. Are we ignoring in game four that Clay just dropped 30? He barely, he barely came back from ACL and Achilles and – and AC, I think he had like three injuries. And everybody wants to trade him, but it's like they're not strapped for cap. They have Jordan Poole on a rookie friendly contract. Let him develop. This is Jordan Poole's third year. When is when's his contract up? And remember, but remember, Jermaine, Steph Curry is dead. Oh yeah, trading Clay Thompson. Remember, he's this. So this is. I, I think this is perfect. I'm gonna play devil's advocate. He's he's got one year left on his contract. The not right, like he's not a free agent after this. Playoffs. He will play one more year, one more, and then, and then he will be. A free That's agent. why I assumed that they were saying yeah. trade Clay Thompson. But even then, like just restructure, just restructure and sign him. Yeah, bro, yeah. Come on now. Uh, and then the last series in the West, the four-five Dallas Mavericks Utah Jazz. It's actually turned out to be an interesting series. I thought it was going to be a blowout. Well, you know, the star of the series didn't play the first three games. <laughs> yeah. So they're tied two-two. Um, the Jazz won the first game, Mavericks won the middle two, and then Jazz won game four on a nail-biter. Did you see it? Yeah. You watching it? Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. Um, I don't really know. Utah's fake news like they always are. Fucking Luca's been out. Looked like he was uh, needing a little more minutes on the court, but I don't see the series going more than six. They'll win the next two. Eric's on the train, bro. <laughs> it didn't take him long. He's on the train. Fuck the Utah Jazz, well, bro. This team is actually going to get blown up this summer. Like I know, because yeah, they peaked a while ago, and they peaked as a fantastic regular season team, and nobody wanted to admit that two years ago. They're like the Memphis Grizzlies from a few years back when they had Zach Randolph and Mike Conley. What I always compare them to is the uh, Atlanta Hawks. Hey. <laughs> The Atlanta Hawks that took the one seed when LeBron was was in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Everyone was just like, and then they fucking got the dog shit beat out of them. Like <laughs> Kyle Kyle Korver was their all star. You remember that yeah. Kyle Korver's all star year? That's what this team. But I think it's Eric's probably right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's what Kyle Korver could not miss. <laughs> Unreal. He'd be he'd shoot over his head, hook shot, three point make. Right. I think I think Eric's right though. That Grizzlies team is more comparable because they do have stars, but it's you know, I've said it all the time. They don't have a team built for playoff basketball. Rudy Gobert is the only one who plays defense, and everyone's shitting on Rudy Gobert like it's his fault. There are four liabilities at every starting position. Bogdanovich doesn't defend. Royce O'Neal kind of defends. Donovan Mitchell trash. Mike Conley old. Donovan Mitchell trash at defense. Let me correct. Let me correct well, that. I, he's also I just high volume inefficient scores. Yeah, dude. 
it's irritating at this point. I'm I was over Donovan Mitchell three or four years ago. But he should have been rookie of the year. I'll give him that. Oh, dude, you're just holding on to your Ben Simmons grudge. Uh, so the big man you were looking for on that Raptors squad, Nick, was not PJ Tucker. It was Serge Ibaka. Serge Ibaka. Serge Ibaka. Same player, different. Name. Just <laughs> same player, different, different birth, different birth nation. <laughs> um, you're like delved into this roster. I was. I didn't even know Chris Boucher was already there. Yeah. Damn, that fucker has a ring, dude. So that's what you signed, Majiri. Yeah. He fucking drafts so well, dude. It's unreal. He gets right, fucking so good fucking talent every single time. It makes me do we do we want to change our predictions after this after these five these four games of the playoffs? I do. <laughs> so four games in, you want to change your predictions to for what do you want to change your predictions? It's on brand, Derek. <laughs> I don't know if Milwaukee will make the finals now. I think this is a different Miami team that they faced last than they faced last year. Uh, Boston also is a fuckery of a fucking city, but great team. And uh, fuck the Suns. The Warriors are going to the finals again. You got the Warriors yeah. again. I, you watch with Draymond on the court because they didn't play together all year. They had, what, like 11 seconds all year together? Yeah, the starting like five had 11 yeah. seconds. Yeah. And then you watch them play actual with Draymond in the lineup. Totally different team. I know he only puts up like fucking four points or whatever, but the impact he has on that team. Well, yeah, he scores less than ten points for his average and makes the All Star game every year. Like I don't feel I feel like people just don't even pay attention to Draymond. They just know he's good, but he sco- he's averages a triple single. It's like eight points, eight rebounds, eight assists. Still an All Star. <laughs> like that's how ridiculously good at basketball he is. That's why when he said that. Okay, he did say he was the best defensive player, so I don't know if I agree. Of with all that. time, of all time, but top ten, it's it's undoubtable that he's I think top you could ten. Argue top five. Oh yeah, definitely. I'd have to get there and sit in the minutia. There's some been some tremendous defenders, but he's up there. And also, like, not all of the great defenders guarded every position. There is no one Draymond can't guard. All right, yeah, who, who are you changing your pick to? I'm not. Who do you ride in? Well, who did you ride in the? Yeah, everybody. Well, we didn't, uh, <laughs> we didn't no, I think I went. I think I went Suns. We didn't actually give our picks. We just did first round analysis. No, we picked the finals. Did we? Yeah, we, we, we put it in the doc. We didn't talk about it. Oh, we didn't talk about. It. That's right. I ran long. All right, so that's your finals pick now. So you switched from Suns Bucks to Warriors Heat. I'm going to go with Heat, yeah. Warriors Heat. Nick sticking with Suns versus... When does when does Devin Booker come back? He's out two to three weeks. If they get through the playoffs. Suns Heat. <laughs> Suns Heat. Ooh, that'd be fascinating. Um, oh, and then I'm the last person. I almost asked you again, bro. The, the, the bubble bowl. Yeah. <laughs> the bubble bowl. Um... Man, this is fascinating. <laughs> what a fucking series. What a, I think I'm going to go Boston. I'm going to go Boston because I think Boston has the best player on the court if they face the Heat. Um, Jason Tatum? Jason Tatum. Yeah. 
Um, and then in the West, the West is just a nut roll. I knew the I knew the West was trash, but this playoffs has just cemented it. Like it's either going to be the Warriors or the Timberwolves. <laughs> <laughs> There's no other options. There's no other. Yo, the second one I was Everybody laughed at me. Everybody laughed at me when I said the the, Tim, the Timberwolves are going to the Western Conference. Oh, you did pick them for the Western Conference. Yeah, I picked them to go to the Western Conference Finals. It's in. It's it's written down. Honestly, it's I'm going Warriors. Warriors. Celtics. That's who I'm going. Oh, what an awful fucking finals. <laughs> <laughs> Because I don't want either of those teams to win. Well, I'll, I'm looking bad. It'll be I'm good basketball. Warriors. I'm going Warriors. It'll be good basketball, though. Yeah, still. Wow. That's so crazy. One one first round. <laughs> four four games in, and everybody's ready to dish their predictions. And we're hey, already guys. we're already off of the Bucks. I'm not. Yeah. The Bucks. The Bucks look great. <laughs> so, all right. That's all I got. What do you got? You got anything else, Eric? You got anything else, Nick? I'm good. No, I'm good. No. Hey, Nick. What do you call? What do you call a Russian cow? What's a, that? A Moscow. <laughs> <laughs> all right. If we got nothing else, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Podcast Room Three Zero Three. I've been your host, Jermaine Colon Mendez. This is my co-host, Nicholas Morahan. And as always, we have with us EPE, still rubbing his head. We'll see you next time when you come on down and step into the room. <laughs>